Welcome to another episode of Growth Marketers Podcast. I'm Solomon Timothy. And I am Taylor Rowe. Today's episode was a good one. We talked about Facebook ads. We're all good. Which is, uh, yeah, hopefully, if you're listening, then hopefully you like them or you wouldn't be listening. Today's episode, we talked about Facebook ads and kind of some pulled the curtain back a little bit in terms of some specific tactics that you can use, uh, what you should expect uh, when launching a Facebook ad campaign and uh, why it's uh, not uh, going to work for everybody, at least in the way that you think it is. So uh, hopefully you enjoy and uh, let us know if you have any questions. So Taylor, this is a, you know going to be a very dynamic episode. I want to talk a little bit about Facebook ads, right? So a lot of questions we get on a regular basis is, you know, does Facebook work in my industry? Does it work for B2B versus B2C? You know, is my ad relevant to my target audience? I do a lot of testing. I can't figure out why people are engaging on one ad over the other. What's the secret, right? How do I get that $1 in and to get $100 of sales or $100 worth of ROI or $1,000 worth of ROI. There's a lot of mm. expectations for this platform to perform, but not everybody's seeing it, right? So yeah. the question is, what's the secret? Yeah, I don't, I don't know if there's one secret, but I think we have a lot of tactics and you know, there's maybe some creative ideas that we try out here for our clients and for ourselves that we've seen a lot of great success for. And I, I think with everything that we do with marketing, we talk about it all the time. We're all about creating value for the clients, building long-term brand awareness, thought leadership, all those sorts of things. And for whatever reason, Facebook is looked at as this sort of magical platform, right? Where, like you just said, I can spend a dollar and I can make $10,000. Or people have turned claim to. Right. And the problem is it's true. So you expect that that's going to happen for me. But what you're not seeing is the whole bigger picture of why those ads are performing so well. You only see the you know, the end result, right? It's you only see the case study. Yeah, exactly. So you <laughs> you don't see, you know, it's just like with any kind of marketing strategy, right? You talk about an SEO and all of a sudden you look at that and you see that sort of hockey stick growth and you look at, okay, they went from, you know, a thousand visitors a month to 10,000 visitors a month in three months. You didn't see the three years before that of what they were doing. All you saw was that last bit of growth, right? And so the same thing happens with Facebook. So my, you know, like you said, secret is to look at the big picture and Try to understand fundamentally what works in marketing and what works to influence people to actually make a purchasing decision. Well, how do you influence a purchasing so decision? So people buy, at the end of the day, whether you're B2B, B2C, it's a person making a decision and they buy from brands that they know and they they trust, right? Now, of course, there's always new companies coming out, new software, whatever. So you are going to get some people that you show them an ad that says they've never seen you before, never been introduced to you. And you say, buy my thing. And they, sure enough, click on it and they buy your thing. But in reality, that's not how the majority of people work and that's not how they operate. So we see all the time where you get somebody and they come in, you're in one particular industry and let's just say you're an attorney or something along those lines, right? You're an attorney, when I run ads on Facebook, I run ads, set my target audience, my whatever criteria is going to fit me, geographic area, call to action, everything, run an ad. It you know works perfectly, getting great cheap conversions that are turning into customers. Then you get the guy just down the road does exactly what you do uh, in terms of a service offering. They go to Facebook, basically copy your ad, run the same sort of thing, same conversion path, everything, and it doesn't work, right? So why does that happen? Well, you're not looking at a number of different factors. For one, I don't know. You're not looking at the brand awareness of that person's you know profile. Maybe the week before 
that lawyer or attorney did in a the bunch news. of yeah, TV <laughs> ads. They were in the news. Right. They did PR. They got a lot of searches to their website. So you're not looking at that. You're also not looking at the audience again. So your audience, theoretically, the best performing ads that you're ever going to have in terms of cost per conversion should be a remarketing ad or retargeting ad because those people are already introduced to your organization, right? They've already either searched on Google, they've been directed to your website from a number of different channels. They've already been shown some interest in whatever you have to offer your product or service. So by theory, by default, you know those people should be the ones that perform. Then the I just need to run retargeting ads. Why should sure. I run prospecting you ads should. on Facebook? You definitely should run retargeting ads. And that's the whole idea is that, okay, if we know that works the best, retargeting ads, how do we do that? Then you get the whole idea of let's just get a bunch of cheap clicks, cheap traffic from all these different sources, build up our audience list, and then retarget to them. But again, it goes back to that equation of garbage in, garbage out. Right. You have to focus on quality traffic at the core. So my strategy in order to make that happen is you could do all of that through Facebook. So one idea would be to actually develop essentially three different ad types of three different campaigns, right? Top of the funnel, middle of the funnel, bottom of the funnel. It's a very commonly known marketing strategy. It's not always applied when it comes to social ads because again, you just go bottom of the funnel or you just go top of the funnel, sort of awareness, lead gen, whatever. You do a boosted post. But here's the idea would be to set your targeting criteria, whoever your audience is, right? Because what you're doing now is you're building up your remarketing list. Building up an audience. Yep. That's what we're really doing. It's it's an invisible email list, right? And sometimes you actually build up an actual email list, but... The today you're in every business is really in the data business, right? When you talk about marketing, you need to build up your data list. And so that remarketing pixel, that Facebook pixel, that's what you're trying to build up is who is interacting and engaging with your content. So you start with the top of the funnel ad, only focused on value and only targeted to a very select number of people. And so what you would do by doing it this way, it actually sounds counterintuitive, but I would actually exclude my website traffic. Because those people already know who you are because they've already been to your website. Exclude the people who like my page. Exclude the people who have engaged with my ads in the past. Exclude my email list. Exclude my website visitors. I only want... This is new lead generation prospecting campaign, right? So I set my targeting criteria based on age, demographics, interest, behaviors, whatever. I'm letting Facebook decide. And I would use, if you could, create a video would be the best, right? Because that's probably the best way to show engagement, true engagement. Because if you create a, let's say it's a um, a blog post or something, value, you know, your top 10 list, you can easily manipulate the data by, or the results by having a very clickbait title that a lot of people click on. We don't really know if they're engaging. So if I create a video or a series of videos, maybe five different videos, and I set a very, very low budget based on engagement. So if I say, okay, a conversion to me or engagement to me is somebody who's watched 50% of my video. Maybe my video is five minutes long or 10 minutes long. Let's say it's 10 minutes long. That means I'm optimizing for CPA or basically you know, for conversion. Whoever has... I'm going to optimize for users who are going to watch at least five minutes of my video. And I'm excluding my own audience. That way, and I have a very low bid, which means I'm going to let Facebook's algorithms find me the users that fit my criteria and are interested in my content. Sure. I'm not spending a lot of money because I have a very low bid. It's not going to be high volume, but it's going to be very, very qualified traffic. And at that point, it's only traffic and it's engagements and it's building up your cookie data or your your pixel data. Then it's a trickle-down effect. So now my middle of the funnel, bottom of the funnel, that's where I show my ads to people who have watched that video or people who have been to my website. Sure. Then I'm offering something that would be 
middle of the funnel consideration. Maybe it's uh, an asset download. Maybe it's some sort of a lead gen. Maybe it's just something additionally that's free that we can engage with. In this scenario, because we're sort of tiering this targeting, the only people who see at the top of the funnel are brand new people. Once they've engaged with that, they're already down to the middle of the funnel. Once they engage with that, they're down to the bottom of the funnel. So now the bottom of the funnel, maybe we're retargeting specific pages on the website, or maybe we're retargeting that audience that's engaged with the middle of the funnel. And then that way, I'm more inclined to increase my budgets on these audiences because they've already made it through my funnel, so to speak, without without even converting. And by the time we're asking them, buy my service, fill out this form, whatever it is, they've already been introduced to our brand two, three, four times with different ads each time. It's not just the same ad over and over. over. And I think that's the the common pitfall is that people have an offering, whatever it is. I want people to schedule a meeting with me or I want people to buy my product. This is my demographic. It's a perfect fit. Let me try to jam all of this in one of funnel thing, stuff. And I'm going to have a very long ad copy. And I'm going to have all these things. It's like, here's the pain points. Here's why you should carry, fill out the form, purchase from me. And it's too much, right? It'll, You're asking to be married on the first day, exactly, man. Exactly. <laughs> so you got you to court a little bit. You got to do a little dating. And I think that's the strategy that we've seen work really well. And then on top of that, you need to do a lot of testing, right? So the other problem with doing it all individually and saying, okay, here's the bottom of the funnel. You test something, you don't know if your audience didn't work, your messaging didn't work, the call right. to action didn't work. Too many variables. Too many variables. It happens all the time. Landing page, exactly. lead ads. So separating it this way allows you to test each stage and you already know it's not your audience. Because right. you already know the audience is perfect. They're already engaged. They're, they're people who fit my criteria that you've already tested. They're already engaging with my content. Right. They're going to my website. It's not the audience issue. And I'm only driving relevant traffic to my website. So I know that audience is relevant as well. And then you can test sort of at the top. You test different, you know, creative, split test, creative, split test, all those sort of things. So you got to control your variables and then test what you can. Add copy images, CTAs, everything. Long form versus short form. form. Exactly. Do I use emojis? Do I not use emojis? Do I use 100 Carousel. Exactly. Right. First type. Right. And that's exactly it. A true marketing campaign needs all of those. The the beauty of digital marketing is that you can test that. You can do that back in the day. Now with billboards. You had to do maybe a focus group, see what was going to work the best. And then you go out and launch it on a large scale and you don't know what aspect of that campaign worked well. And in this scenario, break it down as much as you can and test, but you have to be patient. And that's the thing that I think people want results as fast as, as you can. So this like you said, secret would be by doing it this way, you don't have to have a huge budget because I'm going to set very small budgets initially while I do these tests. And then based on the engagements, then I'm going to open up the floodgates because I already know that this is it's working. And so I'm not waiting to see how many people convert on the ad. I'm just looking at engagement with my audience. Because once you get their attention and you can understand what they like and don't like, then you can ask them to take the next step. But if you just jump to straight to, hey, fill out this form. Oh, book a meeting. Is that even a form? <laughs> well, that's the thing. And some people aren't going to... F- the problem is people are going... And this sounds counterintuitive again, but the problem is people will fill out the form. Right. And then... They may not purchase. Now you wonder why, right? There's well, no you trust. you might be getting the wrong type of people, the wrong type of leads. Right. And then you say that this doesn't work. It's not a viable option. The reality is the people you're getting are the people that saw your ad one time, clicked on it, and filled out a form... What type of person is that? Right. Is I that mean, the type of client that you want? I agree. And one thing that you can do too. So let's just say that in the first sort of that top of funnel ad, let's call it a lead form or something where you've captured their email address. Let's say you drove traffic to your website and they popped up, right? 
you can also be nurturing them, not just through ads, you can nurture them through email as well. Yeah. That increase the, the chance of them actually converting into a customer exactly. later. Exactly. Right? So that's that's the whole thing. And, and this is, the idea is removing all other strategies or traffic or whatever. This, in theory, would do that. Now you take that and you apply it to all of your marketing channels and do exactly what you just said. So maybe you don't have to do as much of the top of funnel prospecting because you have a million visitors to your website every month. So you just look at that middle of the funnel. Hey, thanks for listening. Solomon here. Are you frustrated because you're not getting enough inbound leads? You're worried that the leads that you're getting are not qualified? Or maybe you're disappointed in the conversion rate from the leads to customers, right? It's really, really low. Well, I got good news for you. I talk to business owners every single day. You're not alone, all right? Business go through this when there is a lack of strategy sometimes. Uh, maybe the approach isn't appropriate for your situation or sometimes you got all of those things right, but it was just poor execution. I'll tell you what, head over to oneims.com and fill out one of our forms. Talk to one of our consultants. That's all we do. We talk to business owners day in and day out. Share with us your challenges and see if we're a fit, right? See if we can find you a solution to your growing pains. You know, our hope here at OneIMS and especially with this podcast is to give you the tools, the technology, the ideas, the strategies, everything we possibly can for you to succeed. All right. So thank you for listening and let's get back to our topic for the day. Or we still want to do the prospecting, but at that middle of the funnel, like you said, we're going to be a little more aggressive and we're going to ask, we're going to give them the value, get them to download an asset. And now not only am I going to put them in a different category to show them a new ad again, I'm also going to email them. I'm mm-hmm. going to nurture them that way. I'm going to try to get them to come back to my website with different right. offers. So now it's turning that one touch to three, four, five, six touches. And I'm not only building up my invisible list of pixel data, right. but I'm building up my physical email list as well. Right. And also you can then further segment that if you wanted to, right. who is engaging with my emails and who are not engaging yep. with my emails. Then you right? got to so. test that. Exactly. Marketing automation makes things really interesting, also very complex as well. But I agree with your theory that you should be developing multiple top of funnel offers, multiple middle of funnel offers, multiple bottom of funnel offers, all in Facebook with different budgets, Mm -hmm. depending on what your business needs. Mm -hmm. You might need more top of funnel if you really don't have any bottom of funnel prospects because you have to build that up. Right. And then vice versa, right? If you have a lot of people at the bottom, then you build up the top, whatever it is that you need. Now, any other things that you can give them to make this part, like I said, let, let me just kind of, if I were to audit a Facebook campaign, mm-hmm. which we do all the time, there's one campaign, one ad, right? Yeah. They've added a bunch of them, but they turned all of them all off. That's yeah. the person who is thinking Facebook ads is going to solve the problem, Correct. right? Yeah. I got this one ad. I just need to spend more money on it, but it's not really converting. What would you like to see when you open up that campaign? Yeah, I like to see a lot of different ads or different campaigns and then multiple ads within them, a lot of testing. And like you said, it's going to work for if I'm an e-commerce company and I'm a well-known company, I had sales through my website and I've never tried Facebook ads before. A quick win is certainly to just essentially pull in your product feed, do a carousel ad, retarget people who have been to your website or even to the checkout page on your website upload your email list, create a lookalike audience, custom audience, target those people. You should sell some product because you've already proven that. But for people who haven't done that, you need to basically do that within Facebook. And it's it's crazy to me that I see some things that were accepted five, 10 years ago in marketing and digital marketing, excuse me, that 
are only applied to one channel and not applied to other channels, right? So the idea of ungating content and providing value. And if you provide more value, you're going to trust your brand, your company, and guide them through the sales process without asking too much, making them jump all the way to that, right? People understand that. They do that on their website. They've implemented that into their SEO, their content marketing strategy. They're doing branding and PR and all those sorts of things. And then they want to run a Facebook ad. And it's like, if I don't see you know, sale in the next 30 days, you know, I'm, I'm going to quit. How is that any different? I mean, you think about what Facebook is. Facebook is a personalized news feed. It's a newspaper, right? It's, it's right. literally... A, for your some, friends <laughs> and your family. Yeah, yeah. It's a very it's, personal it's, it's thing. It's 100% personalized for you. I log into your Facebook, you log into mine. You'll see you two different things. You know how to use it. <laughs> right, exactly. It's completely different. So it's a personalized, literally a news feed. And so people are scrolling through, they're looking, they're interacting, they're commenting, they're scrolling, whatever. And you're now jumping into that with this ad. Why should they care about that? Unless you're selling something or offering something that is so simple and they already know and they purchase it or you know download it all the time or whatever it is that they're, it's a no-brainer. They see it and they're like, oh yeah, I want that, right? If it's anything more than that, as a decision-making process, then you have to educate them. You have to nurture them just like you would with an email campaign or an SEO campaign or you know content on your website. And so if you can find your people, get in front of them, that's the first piece, right? That audience. Then it's about the messaging. Then it's about finding people who actually care about it. Because just because someone fits your criteria and you think they're a good prospect, doesn't mean they're in the market to buy whatever you have to sell them. So why not further segment that based on people who are actually engaging with your content? watching it, reading it, going to your website, going to your Facebook page, liking your Facebook page, whatever, and then ask for the next step and then ask for the next step, right? So I'm not saying that you have to be too passive with it. I mean, obviously at some point you need to generate a lead or generate a sale, but you need to have that same sort of marketing approach where it's value, 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 value. And then how can I, you know, what can I do for you? What can you... Same thing in social media, right? Mm -hmm. You don't post Offer 15% off, 20% right. off. Every day that you see it, you get tired of it. They don't want to do anything with you anymore. Yeah, you can't just yeah inundate people with buy my widget, buy my widget, buy my widget. It's just, you can, you can someone will do it, but not at the level that you need to in order to sustain really a business scale. model. Yeah, exactly. One thing that we you know should talk about and we don't get to talk about enough because we're so concerned about sort of customer acquisition, customer acquisition, customer acquisition is how do you, retain that customer Mm -hmm. using Facebook ads because you can do the exact same thing beyond the bottom of funnel, Mm -hmm. right? How do you turn them into advocates for your brand? You can use that through a Facebook ad skin. Take an audience list, figure out how they can remember. Mm -hmm. You can do that with your past customers. How do you bring them back? How do you know that their pain, right, has changed? Maybe you have another, think about it, buying a car, Mm -hmm. extended warranty, It's a great product to sell them a year later yeah. or three years down the line. I get calls for cars that I don't even own right. Right. selling yeah, me extended warranty. You could do that in Facebook. Yeah, it definitely depends on your audience. And like you said, I mean, a lot of people kind of cut the cord right, like once, right once at the you, sale. Once you get someone giving That's you money, it. then you're like, okay. but Horrible. But the problem is, yeah, you, that was the hard part. You did all that work to educate them, to nurture them, to give them value all the way into the point that they actually you know, broke out their wallet Became a customer card. And then it's like, okay, take them off the list. Right. Let's go after a new fish. (laughs) And it's... Let's try to convert somebody else. When, yeah, I mean, it depends on your business model. Maybe it's a one-time sale, whatever you have to offer. But most people, product, service, whatever, most organizations have some more value they could provide, which would lead to an upsell or a cross-sell. 
They have other ways to monetize that, or they have an inherent benefit of continuing to educate the client on the value that they have to offer. So even if you're not, you know, necessarily directly going to get more money out of them, like you're not going to charge them more. Can you get them to stay a client longer? Can you get them to tell their friends about you? Right. Um, so that's those are kind of questions you have to ask. And it's not a bad strategy, like you said, to take, again, those audiences of customer lists and look at additional ways you can provide value. And the only people will see that if it's, you know, you're worried about giving away free content. The only people your seeing customers. that is your customers. So yeah, it's, you know, people, if you want to spend money in terms of what kind of immediate ROI am I getting? Never stop marketing. Not a, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you need to keep marketing to them forever. Right, right. And a lot of brands do that and you love them for it. Yep. Right. They'll yep. never stop preaching the same thing over and over yep. and over. Even after you become a customer, it's kind of like reassuring that I think I did the right thing. Right. right. They're still talking about it. Yeah. It, it depends be, on what you're selling too. Yeah. I mean, a lot of times you sell to that, the same customer, those people are the ones that are buying from you a lot. If you have right. repeat customers, I don't think you should ever exclude them from your list. And people might say, well, I want to exclude them and I want to email to them. I mean, that's fine as long as you have other ways. But I mean, I think there's a lot of value, even if on paper you're breaking even to say, I'm keep showing Facebook ads to my customers and I'm basically just breaking even or I'm paying for customers that would have came back anyway. Maybe, maybe not. Well, you don't know, right? At the end of the day, somebody else is targeting that exact same customer. Well, that's the thing is maybe they would see somebody else. If they're the type of people that click on ads and then convert based on clicking on that ad, maybe your competitor is doing the same thing. So maybe it's worth it to spend the money just to keep that market share. It, it depends. I, I mean, I think just changing your mindset to look at it that way and just how do I continue to market to these people, segment my audiences and test at that level. Because again, you can't just test, oh, this green ad performed better than this red ad. So I'm going to change all my ads to green. Oh, who, what, was it the audience? Was it the, right. the messaging? I mean, there's so many factors that go into, was it the time of the day that the ad was running? Was it the time of the year? I mean, you can't run ads, one ad or two ads or even three ads in such a short amount of time without properly going through a, a rigorous testing program. So I think you got to look long-term. If you're already spending money on ads, you have to set aside some specific budgets for new tests and just know that it's never over. And I wouldn't just focus on getting the maximum return on ad spend or you know whatever that may be. I would look at how do I increase my volume, my awareness, those sorts of things long-term and be okay with... I mean, you look at Amazon. Hey, right? let me ask you a question. Yeah. What's long-term to you? 20 years. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's the thing. Yeah. You say five years, yeah. somebody else think 10 years, yeah. somebody else think 100. Yeah. And that's a question. That's an yeah. important question, yeah. right? I say forever. Yeah. That's long-term. How, Never how ends. How long do you want to be in business? Yeah. Agreed. How badly do you uh, want to grow? I mean, you have to be realistic. I mean, there's cash flow. I mean, unless you're right. a funded company, you can't just say, well, you know, I'm going to spend... The fact that you can't stop marketing it, yeah, right? Exactly. This isn't just a temporary fix. Right. Your sales problem will always be there. You need to continue to grow because if you're not growing, you're going to die staying still in nothingness. Yeah, but you should. (laughs) I mean, you should still see with implementing tactics like this and segmenting that, whatever your product or service is, you should still see short-term return on investment. If you ran this test over the course of three months, six months, you should see a return on investment. That's the goal of any kind of campaign. But I just don't, I don't want to do that and then say, okay, we figured it out. This right. is the max that we're going to get. Take that return and reinvest it and lose money or stay the same or increase, double it. You know what right. I mean? Whatever that is, you're learning and you're building an audience list. There's other ROI that you're getting aside from that actual revenue, right? I mean, you're you're literally building up consumer list of, you know, of people who are familiar with your brand, who have interacted and engaged with your brand. 
that is, again, the most valuable asset that anybody has in 2019, 2020, 2025, whenever you're listening to this, that's the most valuable asset that we have today is data. It's expensive data, right? So you can collect that. You can market to them a lot of different channels that you you might be able to market to them tomorrow in ways that we don't even know. Brand yet. new product yeah. offering. You already have an audience list ready to go. Yep. You're not scrambling and saying, well, who am I going to target, right? What, up, what list do I upload? You already have that ready to go and you can get to market faster, figure out if that product is going to take off or not. Mm-hmm. Anything else you want to add to that? That's it. Start, well, uh, start making Facebook ads. Absolutely. Well, thanks a lot, everyone, for tuning in. As always, love to read those questions. Send us a note at growthmarketers at oneims.com. Thanks a lot for tuning in. I will see you next time.